Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we're so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. On the broadcast today, I want to take you right back into a message we began on last week's broadcast entitled Lift Up and Look From. We're talking about living with vision for our lives. And we had been invited, Sarah and I, by Pastor Keith and Phyllis Moore to come minister to the congregation there at Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. And they invited us to come in and talk about the good things that God is doing in our lives and in this ministry right now, especially with the launch of Legacy Church coming later this year uh, in Colorado. We're so excited about it. Great things are happening. As a matter of fact, I want you to visit us online at pearsonsministries.com to stay up to date with all the progress of the building and the project and everything going on with the launch of Legacy Church. And today on the broadcast, I want you to pay special attention because we're talking about how to live life seeing the future the way God sees it. It's gonna require you, require you to lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. So right now, let's go right back into Faith Life Church for part two of Lift Up and Look From. There are a lot of people that get a glimpse of what God's called them to do and who God's created them to be. And they look at that and they look at where they are, eyes down, looking at the place. Then they look at that and then back down here and they think, how in the world am I ever going to get from here to there? How am I going to get from this to that? And they look they look at the vision and it just looks too expansive. It just looks too expensive. And they make the choice to live without vision because of how much it seemingly costs. But do you want to know where the highest cost is? The highest price is paid in living without it. That's a higher price. Without vision, people perish. But I like this translation, without vision, without revelation, people cast off restraint. That's an interesting translation of that, isn't it? They cast off restraint. I want you to think about it in these terms. Vision will create boundaries for you and I to live in. One of the, uh, one of the ways that I guess you could say Sarah and I have come to to really be confident that we're hearing from the Lord on something is when we, we get something in our heart, we look at it and go, oh yeah, that's way too big for us to reach in our pocket and meet the need of. That's got to be God. <laughs> that's, that's a really good indicator you're hearing from Him. But one of the reasons people run from vision instead of to it is because vision creates a need. See, we've got it in our head, I think, somehow, that we were pressing towards this place where there was no more need but if you've got no more need, then you've got no more vision. Vision creates need. Vision creates a need. And almost every time, if not every time, the need it creates is far bigger than what you or I have the ability to reach into our pocket or our account and meet the need of. So that need is going to require faith in the one who supplies the need according to his riches and glory. But that's a big reason people live without it. One of the key indicators, I believe, that you're hearing from God and getting a glimpse of the vision is that you begin to see the boundaries that he's called you to live within. Right. Now, when I say this word boundaries, I do not want you to think limitation. 
That's not what I'm talking about. But there are boundaries that come with the vision. When God spoke to Joshua after Moses had died, in Joshua chapter one, he said to him, Moses, my servant is dead. That's quite a bedside manner, isn't it? <laughs> Moses, my servant is dead. You're up. And he told him, he said, you're going to take these people. You're going to lead them. He made a promise to him, I guess, in verse five. It's one that we love, man. You know, this promise, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I've given you. That's a big promise. And as people who are word people, promise people, faith people, man, we like that one. And we just want to start stomping on everything. And I'll take that and I'll take neighbor's car. And, you know, you just walking all over everything. Sole of my foot, baby. I'm going to tread here and this is mine. But you go back and you look at what God said to Joshua. He said, every place the sole of your foot will tread, I've given you. From this river to this wilderness, to this sea. Somebody help me out. What are, what are those? Boundaries. boundaries. In other words, here's your assignment right here. Now within these boundaries, you are unlimited. You, you and I are unlimited. The amount of success and the amount of prosperity and the amount of abundant life that we can enjoy inside those boundaries, we are unlimited. You want to experience real limitation? Get outside those boundaries. Get outside of the place where the vision's telling you to go. Outside of the call. Outside of the grace. Outside of the anointing. This is where limitation exists. Within the boundaries created by a vision from God, there is unlimited prosperity available to us. We've got to learn to identify where these boundaries are. So some of what's been happening in our lives, I feel like the Lord for the last 10 years has been showing us what he sees. And it has taken, I would say this long for us to begin to see not only what he sees, but how he sees it. And he has been lifting up our eyes and we have been looking from the place where we were. That's what the scripture calls him. The psalmist said, you are the glory and the lifter of my head. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And this has been happening in our lives, I would say for the last 10 years. And, and Sarah's going to come in just a minute, but I want you just to jump in, babe. The, the, I got to tell you guys, this is the first time we've shared some of these things publicly like this. So believe with me that it all comes out right. And, and if I miss something, I want you to jump in and whatever's on your heart, just run up here and I want you to say it. But the night before Thanksgiving, 2009, it's almost 10 years ago, she and I were at that time youth pastors serving my parents, George and Terry Pearsons at Eagle Mountain International Church. Uh, I'd been youth pastoring for like four years when we met and got married. And then she moved to Texas after we got married and we youth pastored together for a couple of years. And uh, I think it was that time, maybe just before that we had transitioned out of youth pastoring together and then we began traveling as representatives of my grandparents for Kenneth Copeland Ministries, going to minister in other churches. We were on their staff for a while. But laying in bed on the night before Thanksgiving, 2009, the room was dark and she and I were just laying there, staring up at the ceiling. And we just started talking. 
And the only way I know to describe it is at one point in the conversation, it quit being Sarah talking to Jeremy and it began being Jesus speaking to me through her. And then I would open my mouth and it was Jesus speaking to her through me. Husbands, wives, we got to have these moments. And we have to have the, the spiritual wherewithal to recognize this is Jesus talking to me now. My wife is opening her mouth and words are coming out of her mouth, but these are coming out of the heart of God. This is Jesus speaking to me through her or Jesus speaking through, through me to her. And that's what was happening that night in the room. And we just started dreaming out loud. And we started talking about things I wasn't even quite sure I was allowed to think about. I mean, I'd been serving my family. And to be quite honest with you, that's kind of what I thought I was going to do for a long time, at least the foreseeable future. I had no thoughts about stepping out or doing something on our own. But this conversation, it wasn't born out of any kind of frustration. It wasn't born out of any kind of discontentment. It was just Sarah and I talking to each other and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins speaking through us and we start dreaming. We start dreaming about the future, that place we'd never been before. And without realizing it, we were not looking at the place we were. We were looking from the place we were and started seeing things out in front of us. And we started talking about having our own, our own ministry, our own people, people to, to do life with and serve God with. We started talking about having land, a lot of land, maybe up in the mountains or something like that, and having a place almost like a ranch where we could bring people in and minister to ministers and help them get refreshed and strengthened and pour the word into people. And this, this vision just starts coming out of us and, and it got real and it got more real and it got more real. And by September of 2010, earlier that year, she and I had gone to my grandparents and we said, the Lord's talking to us about stepping out into our own ministry. We submit this to you guys. Pray over this with us. They said, this is good. This is God. They prayed over it with us. And by September of that year, we took our first step into Pearson's Ministries International. And uh, Justice, our firstborn, he was about three months old at the time. So that's what you do, right? You have a baby, quit your job. Makes... <laughs> Makes great sense. And uh, we took that step. September 1st, 2010, we stepped into our own ministry. And that, that vision would come back up every now and then. That desire to be up in the mountains or something like that and have a place of our own. And we were just working out of our house at the time. And our entire staff, one person, she worked out of her house. And then the Lord would add to us uh, people here and there over the next several years and and um, there was a time shortly before Jesse, our daughter, was born six, seven years ago uh, that we thought we were getting really close to making that step, making that move. As a matter of fact, we'd gone back and forth to Colorado, I don't know how many times, I'd say half a dozen times or so in 2000, 2009, 2010, 2011. We thought it was coming, man. I mean, we were going up. We were looking at places. We were looking at land. We were looking at houses. We were looking at property. And one of the last times we were up there, after looking at something we really liked, we got back to the house that night. And uh, Sarah said, I feel like the Lord's saying, go home. It's not time. And I knew she was right. Go home. 
continue to get the ministry established. And almost like we'll talk about this later. So we did. Just before Jesse was born in 2013, we just went home, moved into a house. The ministry began to grow. The Lord's helping us. Um, a couple of years later, we found a building there just outside of Fort Worth where we, we paid for that. The Lord enabled us to pay cash for that. It was just a warehouse, just an empty warehouse. And Sarah designed this beautiful office and this loft style place. And we began shooting our television broadcast there and launched that and just, just doing what the Lord, had, we believed, he instructed us to do. And um, this, this desire... This glimpse of the future was just, it come around every now and then, but honestly, it just wasn't something we were pursuing so much anymore. We thought, well, maybe we'll have a place there someday. Fort Worth will be our home. And just towards the end of last year, we were here in Branson for the week of increase meeting. And jump in here, babe, anytime you want to. Uh, we were getting ready at Sarah's mom and dad's house one night before service. And I want you to come. I want you to come tell this part, how the Lord did it. Can I say right here? Yes, okay. please. We were getting ready for church that night, and um, I heard the Lord speak to me really clearly on the inside of my heart. I heard, after church, they're going to sit you by Miss Moore uh, for dinner, the minister's. And whatever she says to you is very important. <laughs> I thought, that is very out of the ordinary. I wasn't expecting it. And that's how usually I know it's God when it's, I'm not expecting it. So um, we went to the dinner that night. Sure enough, we walk up and sat us right by Miss Moore. And um, of course, she always is going to be completely led by the Holy Ghost and tell you exactly what you need to hear. <laughs> and um, so that night we just sat there and she, we talked about some things and then, I don't know, it just came out of my spirit to ask her. It felt like out of nowhere. Um, she may have thought it was pretty random, but I guess it was burning in my heart. For about three months earlier, I could not stop thinking about pastoring. And um, I kept sensing every time we'd get up to teach a, a different anointing. And um, I'm probably going to cry about it because it's really special. They're getting the tissues ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't really explain it, but it is just so special and so different than anything. Um, and man, when you love the anointing, you love the anointing. <laughs> and you, when it comes on you and you can recognize it, you recognize it when it, you recognize when it changes um, it's just a special, special, wonderful, honorable, reverent thing. And I started to experience it differently. And um, so I just asked her that night, I said, do you see us pastoring? And uh, as, as quick as I said it, she said, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, years ago, years before that, I'd always had this dream of having the church, having a church. And, um, I think the cry of my heart was always Psalm 63, like David, where he said, I'm holding it together up here, guys, <laughs> where he said, I have looked for you in your sanctuary. 
see your power and your glory. And I'm telling you, since I was a little girl, I have loved the presence of the Lord and his anointing like nothing else. I look back and I think about, I mean, my parents had me in church every single service. We didn't miss church for anything. And I remember being a little girl and there were services going on night after night. Maybe our church was having a revival or there's having these times in the presence of the Lord. I remember falling asleep under the pews. I remember the songs that were sung. I remember the presence singing songs like, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. And the presence of God filling up the room, songs like that over and over, and just falling in love with the anointing. And uh, it was, there was something about being in church to me that nothing else could ever satisfy like it. And I have just felt like for years and years and years that that church was coming and um, I was hungry for it. And I, I, um, oh, when I asked her, she confirmed it. And she said, it, it's time. You guys need to get on with it. You need to go find it. And you need to get after it. So we went home and we went back into prayer over it I told her I said you know we prayed about going somewhere else because she said you need to get out there and find where it is and I said we prayed for years about going somewhere else and just don't think that's there there is anything she said well pray again <laughs> I said, yes ma'am and that was the best advice we'd been given pray again and we did I think when we got home we realized we think that we're looking in the wrong place, maybe even the wrong state. We thought maybe we could do it where we were, but we couldn't get a witness on it for, for a very long time. So the only state that kept coming back to our heart when we'd pray was where we had searched and we had dreamed of being for years and years and years. Yeah. And that was Colorado. Yeah. And when Sarah and I launched into the ministry of our own, the Lord really built it on one word, and it was the word legacy. When you look that up and study out what it means, it, it, it really just means something from one generation to another. And we have sensed a call and an assignment and a responsibility for as long as we've been married and as long as we've been in ministry to take what we've been given and minister to our generation with it, serve our generation with the word of God and teach them how to live by faith. And every generation serves as a bridge from the one before to the one that's coming. And we're, we've determined that this, this message, if you want to call it that, this uh, revelation of living and walking by faith, as long as, as long as she and I are in ministry, I don't care if nobody else is preaching it, we will. And I know there will be people all over the world preaching it, but we've made the determination that this, this is the legacy. It's the one we've been given, and it's the one that we will leave. It's the one that we will give to the generations coming after us. This, 
what, what it means to live and to walk by faith. That's why when we started our own ministry a few years later, we started uh, creating the Legacy Letter. We're doing a, a magazine with articles that we're sending out. And there's thousands of people that are getting that. Sometime after that, we launched the Legacy Television broadcast because this concept of living this faith legacy is so big and so rich and so strong inside of us. It's who we are. And I've made the determined purpose. I am going to be a branch on the tree that gave me life. Yeah. You realize you can't duct tape a, a branch to another tree and expect <laughs> it to produce anything, right? It won't work. You got to remain a branch on the tree that gave you life. And this, this message of faith is what gave us both life and is what's given people life all over the world. And that's who we are. That's what we are. And that's this whole idea and concept behind legacy. So we went away to pray and we went up to Colorado and Miss Moore said, just start visiting towns and cities that come up to your heart and then see what you get a witness on. So we just went up, we started um, in Denver and we went all the way down and around um, just visiting cities all along the way. And um, I wouldn't say while we got, while we were there, we knew right away, but we went to our hotel room and we just begin to pray. And I think the most amazing thing was we didn't find the building right away, but we did get from God, the heart of the church and the ministry. And that's what he was thinking of first. Yeah. And um, so uh, <laughs> we heard in our heart that it was supposed to be legacy church. And we were supposed to teach people how to raise a family in the house of faith. And um, um, <laughs> he gave us a scripture while we were there and it and it was the first time we had seen why the church was so important to what he had called us to do. And it's in, it's in Ephesians chapter 3. And of course, we all know now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We had never seen the next scripture in such, uh, with such uh, detail that we saw it this night. It says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And we realized that the only, <laughs> the way that we could give Jesus the most glory was in the church. And so we knew that we were supposed to have Legacy Church. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.